veteran, first responder, or a patriot looking for a place to put your skill set, your thoughts, and or want to help continue the mission, you have come to the right place. We are the People's Patriot Project, and we want to put the shock and awe when it comes to meeting the needs of our veterans and first responders. We are dealing with a new enemy in today's world where the wounds are not always seen. We want you to be part of this mission in saving lives and making a difference. Welcome to Patriot Playtime. We got your six of six. Pardon this interruption for this critical message. My country tis of thee. Sweet land of liberty, of thee I sing. Land where my father's Land of the From every mountainside Sanchez, Jared Schmidt, Maxton Soviak. Please take a time of silence. Welcome to We Got Your Six at Six. Patriot Playtime with the People's Patriot Project. I'm Andrea Eichmann, here to lead you tonight. It's August 29th, 2021. We are here to start another week of the People's Patriot Project with you, and thank you for being here. We had an amazing intro tonight. Thank you, Mark Peterson. 
And as always, we will start with the Pledge of Allegiance. So please remove your hats, move any headgear and stand if you could with your hand over your heart and join us with the pledge. I pledge allegiance to the, to flag, the flag of the United, United States, States of America, of America and, to and to the republic, republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you all for joining us tonight. I just want to um, just hit up on Mark's um, intro and our intro a little bit tonight. Um, Mark and I spent a lot of time traveling around the cities the last few days, and we want to thank everybody who's putting up their memorials for the 13 we just lost. Um, in addition to that, we and a lot of our guests um, and those of you joining us tonight on Facebook and the live show, um, we're always here, always here fighting the silent and deadly enemy. That killer is always here. It knocks on the doors of the minds, it threatens, it deceives, and it convinces them that the world is better off without them. This latest event in Afghanistan was traumatic, it was horrible, and it took the lives of 13 of our military. There will be a ripple effect. A wave of decisions followed through and reactions to losing brothers and sisters in a seemingly senseless act. We are always here for those who are fighting that deadly enemy, and we will be here to support them, as well as those who are left behind after such catastrophes that leave us all wondering why. Why not me? Why them? Why now? Why couldn't it have been avoided? And what will you do next to help? That's why we're here, the People's Patriot Project. We're here to help you figure out the answers to those questions and walk with you through your journey to healing. Every week, every week, every day, every hour, that's what we do. So welcome to our guests, Sean and I. It's been nice talking to you over, um, over the emails and getting things set up. Um, oh my goodness, and now like the names just flew out of my head. We have Sean and Sean's husband. Jeff. Jeff, thank you, Jeff. And then we have Mike with us as well. And then Amanda, hello to you guys. It's nice to have you here tonight. We're gonna, I'm seriously looking forward to hearing more about, I've been reading and reading and watching videos and um, it looks amazing the things that you guys are doing. And then we have a musician with us, Cody Howell. Um, we met Cody, I just met Cody Tuesday night and I'm super excited to hear um, some more music from Cody. And Tony Turner is in the house. Thanks for being here, Tony. Um, Doug Lane, how you doing? My gosh, you guys, there's so many of you. Todd Kern. This is Adrian. awesome. Nice to yeah. see you guys. Um, there's a thank huge you for showing battery up tonight. of people. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Mark, what do you have for us? Yes, ma'am. What do I got? <laughs> yeah, what do you got? Is it my job to have something right now? What's your good oh, this my week? Gosh. Tell us Am I about good it. this week? Um, we're exploding. We're going fast. We're going quick. We've got an amazing uh, John Stubbs in the house right now, too, another amazing musician. Uh, we've been trying to connect with him and uh, get him on the show as well. Uh, we've gotten our lineups up for about we're good for about two months right now with both on the ground, uh, uh, boots on the ground uh, organizations and, and uh, our veteran first responder musicians. 
Um, we've got some amazing announcements in the fact that uh, we've got some of our own stuff coming up here. Um, October 22nd and 23rd. And I know some of our brother and sister organizations got to jump on us here a little bit about what they got going on. But I can't tell you, man, this lineup we got for October 22nd is outstanding. Uh, some of our greatest brothers and sisters that uh, gone to the battlefield for us, gone into the, the service for us, and then come out and can can uh, witness to us through their music. We got Dom Kurz, Jen Ford, BJ Leggett, the real Doug Lane, who's online with us right now, and Stephen John, uh, all going to be here in Minnesota. They're going to be at the um, – I got to get this through my head – Post 98 in Cottage Grove, and uh, we are so excited. Um, it's been an, an amazing ride. It's been an amazing uh, – just the people that have come on board. Um, Doug Lane wants to have the link. Oh, I gotcha. apologize for that, gotcha. but, yeah. Um, and then on the 23rd, we have our very own Ruck Chuck – and roll and uh we're really excited about that if uh there's there's many parts of this and there's a part that we did a very terrible job about launching and i'll be upfront about it because we're going to get it tightened up for next time but we actually have a goal of 22 miles walked uh before october 22nd and we're doing that as a way to bring recognition to um our 22 or you know we talk about the 17 and 75 but uh, it, it, nonetheless, um, jump on board. Uh, do We have a link that you can actually send your miles in. Uh, what's really cool is you can get your friends and go do it, and then uh, that counts as two miles, and that's really how it works. You can get 10 friends. You can get a football team. You can get your fire department to go do a mile walk, and that registers one mile for everyone that walks it. And you can do, and we've already we've already said this. You can find people to pledge you for those times for that two hundred twenty thousand miles. If you got um, a person to pledge twenty two cents per mile, that bring roughly fifty thousand dollars to the People's Pager Project. If you got them to pledge one dollar per mile, that'd be two hundred twenty thousand dollars, and that would put us on. It costs us roughly um, one hundred fifteen thousand a year to do our. Um, recalibration retreats and we haven't done it to the level we want to do it but that's what it would cost us to do it if we wanted to do it every weekend for a first responder and veteran family to get them take the light and the load and get them into a place where uh, and we've done recalibration retreats um there's actually some people on the screen and i won't call anyone out but we've got some people on the screen that's got to do recalibrators and retreats with us and just had an awesome opportunity of going and whining and dining and just uh uh, enjoying each other, putting our paws on each other, and enjoying life. And that's uh, that's how we believe that we do it to recalibrate our, our veterans and first responders. So um, I'm all over the place a little bit, but same mission, same drive, same thing. If you're around Minnesota, October 22nd and 23rd, we've got two events those days. And then the next weekend, we're going to head off down to Texas to, uh, to see Denny Katona and uh, OP veteran and his vet fest down there. We've got a bunch of stuff going on. So um, 
Is, was that enough for me to say, Andrea? I think you got it all covered. I think I should also mention um, before the Fallen musical music festival. Did I miss that? Did you say that one? No, I didn't say that one. That is on September 11th um, at Flutterby Ranch in Kansas. Oh my goodness, I have the link, but I don't have the details. Um, we do have it on our on our Facebook shared. Uh, to go ahead, if you want to get more information about that one, Scotty Sexton and the Forgotten 22 are involved with that one. Um, I do think I saw a couple more Peterson. Yeah. Well, John yeah. Stubbs wants to know where in Texas. It's right outside of Pflugerville. I don't think that's the exact address right off the bat. And, again, it's not in our notes right now. Well, John, I'll get the, that information. I, I'm writing notes down right now. If anyone has questions, um, let us know, and we will make sure we take care of all the pieces and get you the information you want to have. Um, we try to get these posted up on our Facebook page and uh, we do terrible on our web page, but uh, it's there to catch people. And, uh, um, yeah, right down the street from you. Yes, that would be good. That would be good. Um, so just a reminder, uh, and we do have some res first responders on tonight, which is super exciting. Um, those of you that are on the screen with me and our guests, um, so we are a veteran and first responder uh, support and I don't know, Mark, that's Mark's foundering brain that started all that. And I am not military, but I came in and joined Mark um, in some of the early setup parts of this. And I love that we have that first responder piece. A lot of, there is a lot of similar trauma, but what we see as well is a lot of the overlapping of people coming out of the service and then being involved in a field of first responder. Um, and I don't know, maybe that sometimes doubles up on trauma and PTSD triggers and all of that. Uh, I know one of our close networking friends is the, the a baby crying is one of the triggers. And um, I can't imagine a day-to-day -day being a first responder and having that always an option of one of his calls, one of his responses to one of his calls. Um, so there's a lot in that. And we just remind everybody that, you know, our first responders and our military are willing servers. They make huge sacrifices to do what they do in their personal and professional lives. They represent us all around the world. And we are just here to, um, to support all of them and to create the awareness of the day-to-day -day lives um, and the, the struggles, but a lot of the successes as well. Um, and I just wanted to also put a reminder out there today because we'll be using a lot of conversation around PTSD symptoms. Um, it can develop in, in individuals in all walks of life due to different types of trauma. Um, and then there's kind of a medical, somewhere between medical and layperson description of PTSD. Um, it is intrusive. It might include um, memories, nightmares, triggers. It is sometimes avoidance of those memories and or triggers. There are negative changes in thoughts and moods. This might include negative beliefs about yourself or others, blaming yourself or others, forgetting and burying deep parts of that trauma, persistent negative emotions, emotional numbing, detachment from others and loss of interest in things that they normally enjoy. 
There are also marked changes in arousal and reactivity, and this might include irritability, recklessness, hypervigilance, a strong startle response, and concentration or sleep difficulties. And what constitutes a trauma? So the term trauma, it can vary some way, somewhat. Things, things that happen, but it typically involves witnessing deaths of others, mistreatment of others, experiencing or witnessing violence or significant threats to the safety of yourself or of others. And there you go. We just described the nature of first responders and a lot of our military personnel. They go running in when the rest of us go running out. So having all of that background, we are ready to introduce our guests. Um, Sean Thomas, I guess I might let you lead the introductions. Actually, you'll do much better than I, but I want you to include um, the name of your um, foundation as well and tell us about the things you've been doing. Sure. Thank you for having us. Um, my name is Sean Thomas. I am the founder of First Responder Conferences. Um, I'm also a law enforcement officer in the state of Washington. My husband, Jeff Thomas, uh, just retired last year after 32 years um, on the same department. And Mike Washington is a really good friend of mine. Um, Mike, I'll let you introduce yourself real quick. We can't, you're on mute. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> uh, I just recently retired from Seattle Fire Department with 32 years. I'm a retired Marine Master Sergeant with 23 years, four tours. And I'm also a Gold Star father. I lost my son, Michael, in Afghanistan in 2008. And now I'm a therapist working uh, with uh, first responders and veterans primarily. Amanda. Hi, I'm Amanda Brumbaugh. Um, I am part of a five generation family of US Navy. I am a Navy vet. My daughter and son-in-law currently serve in the Navy. I'm also um, a spouse to a wonderful man who has served 20 plus years as a detective with a local police department is still currently serving. And I am loving my time with first responder conferences because it feeds both sides of my passions, the military and the uh, police community. Um, so I'll explain a little bit um, about first responder conferences, uh, how this all kind of happened. Um, but uh, let's see, I was hired in 97. Uh, like I said, my, well, my dad, he retired after 30 years, same department, grew up in and around law enforcement and first responders, um, which ultimately brought me into this profession. Uh, in 2006, uh, well, Jeff and I, we, we met, we got married in 2000. Um, and in 2006, I became a member of our peer support team. So I started responding to all the critical incidents that our deputies were involved with and helping them and their families through that process. Uh, fast forward to 2015, um, Jeff was undergoing some organizational stress amongst cumulative stress. Uh, was coping with alcohol and it got to the point where he realized he needed help. Um, and I said, great, now what, you know, what do we do? Uh, we didn't feel comfortable going to the department asking for assistance. So we found a confidential resource and got him the help that he needed. 
during that whole process, we realized we're both first responders and we don't know where to get help. There's got to be other people out there. So uh, my peer support captain at the time suggested uh, that we organize a mental health and wellness conference for first responders and their families. And I thought, sure, how hard can a conference be? And then I realized, uh, wow, it takes, uh, there's a lot of moving parts. I had no idea, but we had around 150 first responders uh, attend the first conference, um, which was supposed to be a one and done. And at least five people reached out for help. So it was clear to me that there was a lot of first responders that were suffering in silence. I knew um, at the time my department uh, really didn't have any programs. Uh, it was more, you know, being reactive than proactive. Um, and I had other first responders from different states reach out and say, hey, I like what you're doing. Can you put on a conference here? And so uh, I just started to move forward and work with the local boots on the ground to make these conference conferences happen. Because uh, every time we had a conference, people reached out for help, told us it was beneficial. We've had people said that it saved their life. And so um, every time we get contacted, we just try to work with the local folks to make it happen. And now we've had 24 conferences. Um, and it's just, it's become a passion. Um, like I said, you know, we get a lot of great feedback. And so uh, Amanda and, and Mike and Jeff, we all work together to, to make this happen because we know it's working, we know it's helping. And if we can provide mental health and wellness uh, education and tools and confidential resources to, to get you know folks some help, that's what we're trying to do. That is amazing. And we heard about, um, first responder conferences from another guest that we had. I want to say it's been almost a year ago that we had um, Chris Moore come on and Chris shared about, you know, his day to day and he was going through some, some surgeries and, and had some downtime and we were there when he, you know, he was just, um, Lewis came into the picture. Uh, but we also invited, um, Lori to be on the show. And we had another spouse where they shared what it's like being a spouse. And I mean, you two are, you're on both sides of that. Um, and sometimes the spouse doesn't have the experience. And we learned that, that there is a gap between finding the friends and finding the other spouses to share like what these feelings are and what, what comes home, what doesn't come home what to worry about and where to go when all those worries happen. Um, do you have, does first first responder conferences speak to that at all? Yeah, we encourage spouses to attend um, because we know that a lot of times we hear that they're just not included in anything. And, you know, I, I mean, I, I kind of understand. I mean, it's, it's unique with Jeff and I because, you know, we would come home and, and share information because we were both doing it. Um, and you know, it was, it was just, it, it, I mean, that's, that's what we did for a living. Right. But how do you come home and, and, and why would you even want to come home and say, Oh yeah, I saw some guy, you know, he died by suicide and his head was all over the place. I mean, you don't want to come home and share that with your family. Right. So, um, a lot of first responders tend not to discuss, uh, what happens on a daily basis because it's really not healthy, <laughs> I mean, to, to share in details, right? 
Um, and so we find a lot of spouses that struggle because they just, they're, they're trying to help their first responder and they just don't know what to do. Um, you know, and, and they're the first one that sees the, the first responder in, in a down spiral. So, um, you know, we, we encourage them to attend with their first responder. Uh, and that's, you know, and Amanda probably can speak to it too, because obviously her husband's a, a law enforcement officer and, and we've had conversations about, you know, what is said and what is not said and how she can help. And, and so, I mean, I'll, I'll let Amanda speak up um, on, on that if she wants to talk about the spouse side. Yeah, um, Andrew, really, you kind of hit it on the head. It's um, it's a hard area. You know, there's a lot of days. Sorry. <laughs> there's a lot of days where he'll come home and you just can't talk about it. But, you know, it was a bad day. It was a bad call. It was a bad moment. And you just have to give him space. Um, I tell Sean frequently that I didn't realize how much I needed the conferences. As much as I gave to the conferences, I need the conferences just as badly. Um, to learn some of those tools to help him. Um, like Sean said, he's still currently serving in, in law enforcement, and I know there'll still be some more days before he does retire, and I just need to be there for him. So like I always like to tell my husband, I'd like to have um, him on the other side when he retires and not a, a mushy banana. So um, as much as I can help him, it, it's important. It is, it is difficult. Um, I know in our particular area here in Idaho, we have lots of rural communities and we struggle to have spouses groups. We've tried over the years to get different groups together. And as much as we all want to try to get together and share stories, it's very hard sometimes. And so um, having resources like First Responder Conference, inviting spouses to come out and learn tools or learn about how maybe things um, are presented in a way that we can understand our spouses. It, it really does help. I, I appreciate all these conversations and the fact that sometimes it's hard to know where to draw the line. Being both a, a first responder and a former uh, a military service member, it's where do you draw the line of I want I should be talking about these things and when I should not be talking about these things. And I think a conference like this is a great venue to have those opportunities and those experiences. Only in the fact that the, the primary goal is to, we, we've sat around with those, with our friends and families and and uh, where some of them have glorified the conversation and they're not seeking the help that they should be seeking in the conversation. Um, and and the, I don't know how to delineate when do you say, hey brother, this is another time, another place. Or when you have the conversation, hey, I'm going to put my hand on your shoulder. We need to go have a conversation. And these, these conversations are critical to the success. Now, one of the things that we've been priding ourselves in is having the family members. They're, they're part of this mission as well as a support unit and also as a bounce-off person. And, and I also know that a lot of our first responders don't walk in the door and just want to throw up all the stuff that they've just dealt with and want to deal with. And I also know that a lot of our first responders want to be prima donna in a sense. I don't know if that's the right word, but I'm going to carry this as long as I can until I can't carry it anymore. And we know those guys that have carried the hoses up the, up the towers as many times as they can. And who can do it the biggest, the fastest, the strongest. 
I really feel like our first responders do that with the baggage of the trauma they experience as well. Mike, do you want to talk about that? Sure. Uh, you know, that, and, that, and, that, and that speaks to the, to the culture of the warrior culture that we have as first responders and as veterans uh, being in the military service. Let me go back to the conversation that uh, you should or should not have with your, with your significant other or your spouse. That's called communication. That's where you guys sit down and you communicate with each other what you want to talk about when you come in and have that, that bad shift or you're struggling with some things. Some spouses are, are there and they're able to hear what you need to tell them. Others, you know, they don't want to hear it or we need to wrap it up in a different way. However, the conversation needs to, come, needs to happen in some way, shape, or form. Because when we don't talk about it, we come home and we're sullen and we're sad and it's about the job. If we don't explain that to our significant other, they will fill the void with something that they did. And now we have a whole other set of problems. And it had nothing to do with anything between the two of them initially. It was the job and how to share or not share. So I encourage when I speak at the, uh, at the fire academies and law enforcement academies is to sit down uh, for that new recruit, to sit down and talk with your significant other or your spouse and say, how would you like me to present this to you when I come home? What do you need from me? So you both put it together. Here's what I need. I need to come home. I need to just take a shower. I need to just breathe for an hour and then we'll have a conversation and we'll shape it in the way that you need it to be shaped and then the the significant other gets to say okay here's what i need from you you know i need you to not bottle it up i need you to do these things and you come together communicate and that gets to change as your career evolves too that's not written in stone that's uh, an ongoing living breathing commitment and agreement because as we get older we're, we're the products of our experiences and we're able to handle or we don't want to hear some of this stuff, we'll fix it, we'll do something different, and it'll be all right. But it's com communication. How how do you get these young bucks to have that conversation? And you, started, you start at recruit school. You start right there and you let them know. So when I talk, I talk as a, you know, just recently 59-year-old former Marine, re a retired Marine, retired firefighter. Uh, on paper, it looks like I've been there and I've done that. And I was also on, on a bridge here in Tacoma ready to jump off after my son was killed, uh, ready to end it all. Because I had a lifetime of traumas that I had not dealt with. Before I even show up to the Marine Corps, I, I, you know, I was in foster home. I, you know, violence in my household, alcohol issues in my household, you know, you name it, molestation. Uh, so that's before I even show up in the Marine Corps. My, my armor's taken some beatings. But... Growing up the way I grew up, you rub some dirt on it and you keep going. That's just the way you did it coming up in the 60s and 70s. All my, all my uh, mentors, coaches and you know, uh, teachers and stuff like that, they were veterans. A lot of them were World War II and Korea guys. You didn't talk about your feelings. That's not how you did it. All my senior NCOs when I joined the Marine Corps in 1981, World War II and Korea and Vietnam guys. These are guys who talked about their feelings. So that's where you learned, right? You just learned to suck it up. You learned to drink it. That's what you do. Well, eventually, after taking these hits just growing up from zero to 18, and then the Marine Corps and the fire service, and then personal tragedies in my life, I, I just ran into a wall. I couldn't deal with it anymore and thought the best option was to just end it. And so fortunately, my son, he's the one who just 
pushed pulled me back and said, it doesn't end here, Dad. You've got work to do. So that was my putting me on the road to, to, to getting better and being that better version of myself and then giving back. And now as a therapist, I can, I can talk to these young kids and say, look, you can still be that guy. It's all right. Uh, I'm no less. I'm not a lesser person because I went through these, these situations. I'm better because I finally got help. My goal is that these kids don't, don't even get into that position. And if they do, that they feel okay with seeking that help. And that's what First Responder Conferences is all about. That's a great message. That's a great message. I got a, I got a bunch more for you guys here in a minute, but I'd like to bring in our, our musical guest for the night and let him uh, bedazzle us with uh, his skill set. I, I got to listen. I got to have a private little – when we do our pre-shows and our musicians show up, it's like a one-on-one. Andrew is usually there as well, and uh, whoever else is help planning. We get to sit and listen to it. Un- it's amazing. It's amazing. I can tell you what Cody Hell has to offer is, again, amazing. And uh, we're excited to have you here, Cody. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I uh, I saw Cody this last week on one of our good friends' uh, other podcasts, uh, Danny Rocco. Uh, love uh, Danny and her mission and her drive, what she does in her podcast. And she uh, partners up with uh, uh, Tony. Uh, with Oscar Mike and uh, am I messing that up, Andrea? You gave me the look. What the heck is this guy doing? I I am messing it up in my. It is. I I I have a goal. I mess up someone's name at least once every show, and that's okay. Um, Cody, you're a Navy man. Yeah, I did a uh, seven years uh, mass communication specialist. Uh, three years over on. Uh, uh, the uh, Carl Vinson in San Diego, and then three over in uh, Virginia Beach at Naval Special Warfare Development Group. Had a lot that of is awesome. And uh, we got Tony Turner, who's popped on here again real quick. And the irony of it is at one time, both of you are musicians, and both of you were on the boat at the same time at one time, wasn't it? I think he got off a year before I got there. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. All right. Um, what do you got for us tonight, bud? Yeah, you want me to hit up a song, or did you just or what? Yeah, let it roll, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. Already tuned it up, so. Atta boy. I'll g- give you uh, the one I'm working on right now in Nashville uh, called "Saddle Up." Uh, we're hopefully here in a month or two. We'll be ready to put it out. But is there uh, a message or a story behind it? Uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, you know, it's about that, I guess, that uh, running feeling where you just keep running from uh, different things in life. Uh, and then you end up using liquor and love to like drive that running. And then you're just running, running, running from whatever it is, whether it be emotions or, you know, whatever you got stuck in your head and you're dealing with. But uh, then there's a the liquor aspect of it. So, uh, you know, it comes down, you know, you can't, you can tell me whatever you want, but you can't tell me tonight because I'm already, you know, in de- dogmatic set on, you know, whatever I'm doing. But anyhow, here it is. <laughs> Lay down, brother. Wasn't God who made 
Sell our hockey talk dream Liquor and love's the life that did it for me On an old bar stool with an unpaid bill I'm a lonesome dove with a stubborn will So you can tell me to saddle up You can tell me to ride you can tell me to take the reins and leave this town tonight. You can tell me anything you want, this old cowboy on mine. But you can't tell me tonight. left a gentle heart out in the rain Hopeless and hurt along crossing the plains Oh, buffalo gal with the nine life thrill A drunk desire that can't be killed so you can tell me to saddle up You can tell me to ride you can tell me to take the reins and leave this town behind. You can tell me anything you want, the soul cowboy on mine. But you can't tell me Tell me to saddle up, you could tell me to ride, you could tell me to take the reins, leave this town behind. You could tell me anything you want, the soul cowboy won't but you can't tell me tonight. There's that absolutely one. outstanding. Hopefully I uh, on that end. It sounded amazing on mine. I mean, that's the only one that really matters. It sounded good in my ears. So that's uh, <laughs> that's uh, I'm excited for you, brother. I'm excited. Um, it's kind of in maybe I'm just in that set mode and I and I don't want to um, impose a thought or opinion of what I, I, I heard first responders in that song a little bit as the stoic guy standing there that carries all the weight of the world and you can tell me anything just don't tell me today and that's where we lose them and maybe I'm stretching a little bit more here, but and, and maybe I'm taking some creative uh, things in your own song, but uh, I mean, that's what I heard. So um, if you're a first responder and an indoor veteran, and or if you are enlisted at this time um, and you have that moment, 
reach out. Um, don't let that thing fester. Um, there are you. You have your parents. You've got your your siblings. You've got your loved ones. You've got your partners. You've got. I'm not telling you to stand on top of a mountain and scream and yell at this and that. Hey. Buddy, I have, I'm having a moment, man. This is some stuff I've been dealing with. Can we have this conversation? And maybe if you're not ready to have that conversation, you're on the other end of it, find someone that can have that conversation. We can have one of these conferences. Um, making sure you're reaching out to uh, those. This is also a time where I want to make sure that we are doing our buddy checks. Make sure you're reaching out to those people that uh, are close to you. Uh, maybe reach out to someone that isn't so close to you, but uh, you haven't talked to for a while, but you served with. And um, we got to take care of each other and to make sure that we are uh, checking on each other, especially those ones that we think are really super strong. It, it's I chuckle every once in a while, and I'm probably the, the bad one in this case in the fact that I, I get a ton of our people every once in a while reaching out, and I'll just call Doug out, Doug Doug uh, did a buddy check on me this week, and uh, you doing okay? And I'm like, I am doing okay, brother. Uh, thank you for that. It means the world. Um, I've got a guy out in California who's a firefighter that once a month reaches out to me. I, I love it. It allows us the opportunity to build network and to uh, build an opportunity to help others as well. So thank you for your amazing song, Cody, uh, and thank our guests for being here. Um how do we, through our show, Andrea mentioned earlier uh, a bunch of names of people, and we can name drop all day long. Uh, we've got a firefighter out in Virginia Beach. We've got a firefighter out in California. We've got spouses. I don't feel that our first responders have the support system that the military does. And at the same time, I don't think our military also has, there's all these family resources out there, but I don't know that our, our men and women always know how to reach out to those resources. How do we get this information out? I know that seems very trivial. How do we get the information out there and how do we continue to build the network of support that all of us need? Well, you can call us. <laughs> We're going to call you. Yeah, no. Um, so that's one of the things that we do for the conferences is um, Amanda does a great job. Uh, we have a resource list. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to make sure of when we started doing these conferences is that when we were looking for assistance, we didn't know who to call. And so we had to search, you know, during that difficult time. Um, and we want to make sure that uh, when you come to a first responder conference, you leave with a whole bunch of resources. And so we have created a resource list um, that people walk away with. So you don't get to the point where you're like, I, I have no one to call. I, I don't know who to call. You can open the book. You can look at the resources. Um, and we're connected with so many different people. Um, you know, I mean, Mike has a huge network. Amanda has a network. We're all over the place and um, we network with a ton of people. So uh, we have resources. Uh, I know that um, the allclearfoundation.org 
has a ton of resources on their website for first responders. Um, I mean, they're, they're all over the place and it's great to see so many different people that, um, have organizations for first responders needing some type of assistance. Awesome. Awesome. How do we, and this, so this one's not so trivial and basically this is the, the conversation we'd have in post-show. How do, how do we build the network? So what I find a lot of times is our veterans and our first responders throw something out there, throw it on the wall and hope something sticks, but they don't know what they're searching for. They don't know what they don't know. How do we make, I want to say beacon, uh, cause that's one of our pieces. How do we help people see the beacon? Well, it starts, starts with just education. Like I said, you know, if we can catch these, these recruits in boot camp, in basic training at the fire academy in the police academy, and kind of give them an education on one, what stress looks like. You know, this is what it looks like. This is what it is. This is how it manifests itself. And this is what happens if we leave it, you know, unchecked. Here's what it can turn into. Um, I think we do a good job now with the uh, critical incidents, the, the, the big traumas, the big accidents, because we have critical incident stress teams that come in, peer support, and, and people have to go to these things. But it's the cumulative stress. It's those things that the unseen enemies that uh, that I think we are still working with trying to get that changed. But uh, it, it really it starts like anything else that you want to change a culture. You got to start with with immediately with those coming in at the very basic uh, at the beginning of their career and just normalize it. Just let them know that you're going to see some things in this job that that you know can change you. But it doesn't have to wreck you. It's going to make you stronger, you know, if you deal with it properly. That's nothing like Jeff and I or Sean, nothing we had when we came in. We came in, it's just, yeah, tough it out. You know, this is what it's like. Just deal with it. Um, Absolutely. So, so that's where we go. Uh, uh, speaking about the uh, – I can speak to the Army here at JBLM, uh, Joint Base Lewis McCord here in Washington State. The Army has a tremendous amount of resources. They are, they've got just on so many different levels, some just very dedicated, well-trained, well-educated uh, uh, therapists and uh, peer support people uh, staffing the space. So it really is, now it just comes to that, that juncture of getting that individual to say, okay, I need to talk to somebody. And it's not scary, right? Because as a, as, a, as a Marine Master Sergeant, as a firefighter, my first time going to therapy, I, I was not looking forward to it. And, uh, and so I had to go through that little change too. So when I speak at the conferences, I talk about that first time that I went through there, what I was thinking, what it was, what it wasn't, you know, that when you wait 50 years to go get help, well, you got 50 years of things unpacked. So yeah, you might be in therapy for a while. And I'm all right with that as a therapist, especially but if we catch people early on when these things first start happening, it's a procedure. It's like hurting your back or hurting your knee. You go to your physical therapist, you do the things the physical therapist tells you to do, and pretty soon you're going to be walking better. You're going to be back to normal. If you don't do that, you're going to walk with a limp, and then that limp's going to affect your other parts of your body, and it won't go away. Now we need surgery to fix that, that limp. Mike, I think you're a good one to fill this question because, I, I mean, I've been in this boat and I've seen some of our, our uh, heroes deal with this. 
What do you say to the guy that says, oh, no, oh, no. If I, if I go out with that question, if I go out with that concept, if I go out with showing that I'm broken, I'm going to be targeted. I'm going to be tagged as weak or broken and or can't do my job as a police officer. Uh, that's probably one of the biggest fears right there. Because if you're broken emotionally, you can't possibly be a police officer anymore, right? And and firefighters, and then in our military as a whole too. How how do you respond to that? Well, in my experience uh, as a therapist and as peer support, that the organizations that I work with, that is not the way the administration handles this. Now, maybe in the past it was, but currently again, so we're changing this this uh, the way we look at things and. And it's not you're not being being labeled. And the worst thing to be labeled is by your peers as being weak, soft, unable to hack it. And in my experience right now, that is the last thing that any of your peers will think of you if you put up your hand and say, "I got to talk to somebody," right? Or if you just you just say in in, in general conversation, "Oh yeah, you should go talk to my therapist." They'd be like, "Wait, you see a therapist? Yeah, man, really helped me out. You know, uh, and I see a therapist like every other week." really helps me just to get it out there and talk to somebody about it. Nobody thinks that that person who says that is weak or soft or anything else. They kind of go, whoa, if somebody like that can do that, and I want to be like that person, I want to be a law enforcement officer like Sean, and she sees a therapist, well, dang, I want to I want to be that person too. And it so demystifies it. So we get rid of those concepts of, of broken. Okay? okay, you're not broken. You know, you can... You, you, you're going through things. You're a human being. We're no different than human beings that came before us. We kind of, we pit ourselves and compare ourselves to the greatest generation. And all those guys in World War II, and they just went over there, did the job, they didn't complain about nothing. Well, that's far from the fact. Why? Because they're human beings. You had guys who, who had, came home with PTSD. You talked to their children and their wives about how they dealt with their PTSD back in the 50s. Right, a lot of alcohol, a lot of domestic violence. Right, we had we had guys run away from battle in World War II. We had guys who said, "I just can't do it anymore," and just turn in their wings, just say, "Put me in stockade, do what you're going to do. I can't do it," because they're human beings, just like us. Absolutely, they're human beings. Is it fair to say there's a a new guard out there though? That there's a piece of protection in the fact that um, it's changing. We are having a change. That's fair to say, right? We're having this conversation. Yeah, absolutely we are. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So typically we go for an hour, and uh, this this great conversation, we knew that we'd probably bug into uh, an opportunity where we might go a little longer, and that's okay. I want to bring Cody back in, give him another chance to, to swoon us because I, I haven't been disappointed yet. Um, and so we'll just have you keep singing songs until we're disappointed. Okay, Cody? <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> All right. I've been working it for the past three years I've been working real hard blood, sweat, and tears 
can't catch a break. Can't get her off my back. I ain't got no race. No room for slack. I can't get away. Dragging me down. Need to see the sunshine. Now I'm moping around. I'm looking for the highlight. That's what it's all about. My baby's getting upset. And I have no clue why. She says I gotta change my ways. It's a goodbye. I can't get away. It's dragging me down. You see the sunshine now. I'm moping around. I'm looking for the highlight. That's what I saw That is outstanding, That's... brother. Um, where can people good. where can people get your music? Uh, right now, I'll post uh, different live clips on uh, Facebook uh, on my uh, Facebook page, uh, and, and until I get this first uh, uh, single put out, then I'm going to start posting a lot more different songs I'm working on and whatnot. Just. Doing right. like a fellow style right now, but uh, Facebook, awesome. I got an Instagram as well. Uh, Cody Hal on Instagram. Uh, yeah, I'll just post different snippets and everything, whatever I'm doing. I love it. Keep doing your thing, man. Uh, I'm really excited for you. Um, Doug Lane has made some comments. He, he's he's a fan already, I think. And so, um, again, reach out to any of the uh, musicians you hear or see on our network and. Uh, uh, it's being part of family, and uh, they can help and show you the ropes if you're interested. And you can do it your way too. So it's awesome to have you here, Cody. Thanks for coming, and uh, yeah. keep up the good work. Well, hey, Cody. Since, 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 since hey, Cody. Since uh, since Mark's going to skirt the issue for me, uh, what, what what my exact words were is, man, he doesn't suck. <laughs> <laughs> and that means. That means so, he so likes keep, you. So keep up the good work, bro, and keep <laughs> keep not sucking. And as well, That's as awesome. As well, hit me up. Uh, I'm going to Belmont. Uh, I'm down in Nashville, uh, going to Belmont University for music business. So as well, 
if somebody else has something going on as well, feel free to hit me up or I'll hit you up. Vice versa. Oh, we will. We will. We for sure will. And so awesome. Um, so we've done our buddy check. We've gone through. We we talked about our critical essential mission here, and uh, um, haven't heard a lot from Jeff. He's been up there, kind of quiet. Concerned for you, Jeff. I mean, it's she's in control of the button and everything. I can see pretty much all the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was just gonna piggyback on what Mike said. I think you know our us old guys. Uh, we could actually be pretty proud because things have changed considerably since we started this thing. And Sean touched on resources. I think that's really, really important because all these maladies that we suffer from here, it's not black and white. It's pretty gray. And everybody has a little something different. And the more resources that are out there available are going to do the more, more people good. So... That's why we clamor for resources, try to vet them and make sure that, you know, they're good for first responders because a lot of times that makes a difference also. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anything in closing, Sean? Uh, I don't think so. I think we pretty much covered uh, a lot this hour, and I, we just really appreciate you guys taking the time to have us on your show, and, and hopefully we can get to Minnesota to have a, <laughs> a, a conference. <laughs> Um, it's too easy. This is really too easy. Um, there, I mean, it does take a lot of work, but the, the mission is right. The message is right. And, uh, I know that we are, uh, affecting people. Great conversation online tonight. Mike, anything in closing from you, brother? No, thank you for, uh, for having us. And uh, thank you for putting on the, the, having this platform. Appreciate it. Thank you, yep, sir. Thank, thank you. you. Amanda. Yes. Anything in closing for me? It's great. I just, I love getting the word out. And the more we do it, the more it continues to make that snowball effect. And however we need to get it out there, let's get it out there. You know, the my quote as of late is, you can't stop this snowball. We started it uh, with the People's Patriot Project. I know there's uh, several missions on screen right now as well. Uh, you can't stop the snowball. And I'm excited about that. Um we are in motion, and it's going to stay in motion. And thank you all for being here. Uh, Brian Gibson, what do you got for us, brother? Microphone. You muted it. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, nothing really. Uh, just working hard. Uh, did a long turnaround yesterday up to St. Louis and back. But this is more offline, brother, the to talk amongst okay. us, okay? But yeah, uh, People's Patriot Project, I just gotta say, look guys, by working together, we're gonna do a lot more. Love it. Cody, thank you for coming and showing us your craft. Um, I, I do wanna do a quick shout out to those who have not heard Blackwater Shine by Tony Turner released this last week. Make sure you check him out. Doug Lane will be here in Minnesota October 22nd for an event we got going. Um, it's exciting. It's we're, this is this is family, man. This is great. We're enjoying it. Uh, make sure you stick around for anyone that wants to stay on post show. Talk about the collaboration. I'm gonna run through some stuff real quick here, uh, showing the events we got coming up. Uh, we've got an event down in Georgia. 
October 16th, Car and Bike Show. Um, check it out. Uh, again, then on the 25th, we are going to be with Bobby Henline, Forging Forward, also down in Georgia. These guys are pumping it out down there. Uh, let's see, OP VetFest. That was the one that Mr. Stubbs wanted to know about. Uh, check out the lineup there, man. It's amazing. Adam Barry, Shannon, uh, Shannon Book, uh, Dom Kurz, and a new female artist that you're going to see here real near future with the People's Patriot Project. And we got your six and six. And then Brian Gibson's got Classic Car Show September 18th. There was no chronological order there. That's okay. <laughs> um, we're going to work on putting all this stuff on one local calendar so everyone can see it. We've got amazing veterans and first responders taking care of people all over the country. Uh, we are creating what we call the Iron Dome for the United States. Wait till you see that graphic. Uh, we're not going to let anyone squirt out. So thank you for everyone who's joined us tonight. Uh, remember, the mission continues. Your service can always continue. Patriot Pride.